0: think of his grace and his mercy, and oh yeah, how he loves me, all I can do is thank him for blessing me, he shows me from the hurt and the pain, the touch from him and you will never be the same, yes I gotta thank him for saving yeah. me, yeah.
1: here we go. Here we go. I thank him for my blessings every day that I wake up. We were born into December. He decided to save us. Wasn't grateful for my life, but now I thank him every night because without him, I'd be lost. Now the problem has been solved. I remember all the lies and all the times that I disguise. but now his greatness and his mercy was revealed until my eyes. I'm so alive. I rose up from the dead. Survived. I cannot help but give him praise. You should come along for the ride. All right,
0: everybody. I want to thank you guys for joining us again for another episode. Of the Servant Leader Coaches Bible Study. I am your host, Coach Chelsea, and I'm super excited to bring you guys another edition where we talk faith, where we talk sports, and when we talk the biggest thing servant leadership, leading as God would ask us to. We've been opening up the month of August talking about the fruit of the Spirit and leadership. We talked so far about joy, we talked about love, we talked about kindness, and this evening we're talking about peace. And y'all, I try not to be biased, I really do, right? But this servant leader that we have on this evening with us in the time, by the time you watch the podcast, listen to the podcast, whenever you're listening, this is family. We were talking a little bit before we got on today, just kind of catching up on how life does. But this brother right here is amazing. I mean, he's like a brother from another mother to me, Uh, an amazing man of God, a pastor, of Bible-based church here in Tallahassee, Florida. He is an entrepreneur, he's a speaker, he's a leader, he's a father, he's a husband, he's just a great man of God, but he's a humble servant. And in trying to talk about servant leadership, I told him there was no way that I didn't hit him up to get on here. But I'm gonna tell y'all something. He also knows his sports, right? I was telling before we got on here, I've heard many a messages, and the brother can preach, but he did a message years ago called the crossover. And if you know me, you know your girl, you know your host, she has a serious crossover and it really resonated in my mind. So I know that God has a word uh, that he is blessing with the day. So brother, I thank you. Servant leader Derek McGee Sr. is here with us to just chat, talk, make us better. I thank you for being here because I tell people time is that one thing in life that once it's given, we can't get it back. So I thank you for your time. I'll pass it to you to say hello to our listeners. and We're going to get this conversation started today.
1: What an honor it is to be on, and thank you so much, Coach, for for the privilege and the honor and and just the invitation to be on here. This is a great honor, and I mean it with all sincerity. You introduced me. as Derek McGee. I'm a husband of one, a father of two, um, a pastor of a local church in Tallahassee, and blessed to do many other things by God's design, but really just excited to, to have this conversation. Servant leadership is very important to me. Um, John C. Maxwell says the greatest leader was a servant leader. And so as a believer, we're following the model that Christ laid out for us. And so being on tonight and having this conversation, I had a chance to um, to or to rebroadcast of last night's conversation. So I'm kind of fired up I and mean, the, the, the fire has been lit and it's kind of carrying over to the next day. And so I'm, I'm going to do my try to do proud of brother from yesterday. I mean, I really appreciate it, but it's an honor to be on and, and have this conversation um, and on a f- sports standpoint, I'm a I'm a Los Angeles guy. Grew up in Los Angeles. So I'm a big Laker fan, a true Laker fan. Even before LeBron got there, right? My I, I will attest, y'all. He yeah.
0: is. He yeah. is a true Lakers fan. Thank you very much. So, this ain't no
1: bandwagon here. My, the greatest player ever to play the game, in my opinion, is Michael Jordan. Um, but I but I'm a Magic Johnson fanatic, right? Magic Johnson is my guy, and so I'm looking forward to it. Man, let's do this.
0: For sure. I'm telling you. And now that you said that you took a listen at last night, I mean, it's just amazing. As I was telling you and I tell everybody, it's amazing where sports and the love of Christ can meet. Right. It just really I think that God, it's only him that merged those two things, because I was telling Pastor Cray last night that I believe that sports lovers and athletes and maybe I'm being biased. But there's so many analogies and scenarios that we can bridge the gap to God's word, right? And I think that's what makes these moments so amazing. So again, we're going to be talking about peace this evening. And of course, I'm excited. I'm sitting here with my pen and and notepad and paper. And I tell people the hardest part is trying to stay, uh, you know, balanced and in tune, because I already know that this is about to be an amazing word to follow. So I'm going to pass it to you, brother to just give us what God has laid on your heart today. Um, and I know that you're you, you going to bring it.
1: Sounds good. I appreciate it once again. So everyone, good evening to you all. I've been very blessed and fortunate to have the topic of peace. And um, I'm excited about this topic. I must be honest with you. Peace is a word that's often uttered, spoken about, um, but people really don't fully understand what it means about peace. And I want to open up by saying this. Several years ago, my best friend in the world um, was also a deacon of my church, Deacon Anthony Jackson Jr., he and I were having a conversation, and things were going on in both of our lives, and he, he uttered these words out of his mouth. He said, man, peace of mind is bliss. And he said, and it was so impactful when he said it, and here is why it was impactful, because the moment when he said it, uh, we both were dealing with our own matters and our own personal lives, and, and things were chaotic. Of sorts, but when he said it, it was so impactful for this very reason, because the realization was is that once you have experienced the fullness of what peace is and peace offers, you are unwilling to compromise it for anything or anyone. I want to begin there because I want to then use as a scriptural backdrop Philippians chapter four, um, verse number seven. Philippians four, verse number seven, as you know, Paul is a writer of this, this epistle, one of his 13, all three epistles, but in verse number seven, Paul says these words, he says, in the peace of God, which surpasses um, all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus, the peace of God. And so I want to really talk to those who are listening um, in every facet of life and your, in your vocation, because there is a difference between you pursuing peace and you being a recipient of peace when you are pursuing peace that means that you are constantly um, in motion and attack but sometimes you can be pursuing it based on your understanding of it based on your definition of it based on what you think peace looks like and to the point where you will compromise anything to to receive it but when you are recipient of it what you realize is that is that the author of peace, being God, is bestowing upon you something that he himself has ordained and is blessing you to have. Now, I will tell you, in the world that we live in, there's a lot of things that are going on. If you watch the news for any length of time, um, you can turn off the TV and find yourself almost battling depression because of how Dire and dark, the the reports you hear, whether it's the mask mandate, you know, whether it is um, overseas matters of, of, of withdrawing troops, you know, whether it is the 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 attack between the Biden administration the previous Trump administration was insurrection conversation, et cetera, et cetera. There's there's not you don't have to go far to find negative news. But let me also say to you that that when you understand the peace that God gives, when you understand the blessing that comes with peace, you also understand that in the midst of all of the aforementioned things that I laid out, in the midst of all of the trials and challenges that come with life, there's something about being able to ride through the darkness of life with a smile on your face. I I remember seeing a picture of a little small dog that was really panting and pacing through um, um, a crowd of large, vicious dogs that were barking at it. Um, And this dog was just pacing along, pacing, along, pacing, along. And these other dogs were vicious. You saw saliva coming out of their mouth and this little dog seemed unfazed. These dogs were vicious dogs. They could have, they could have destroyed this dog. He was unfazed. And here's why he was unfazed. He was unfazed, not because he didn't see the vicious dogs to the right or to the left of him. That's not what it is. He was unfazed because this little dog was, was walking toward his owner. And because of that, that little dog never allowed what he saw to the left or to the right to get in his way because he kept his eyes on whom he knew would take care of him. The same with that little dog kept his eyes on the the owner in front of him and not allow the, the viciousness around him. That's what peace is. Peace is the assurance of knowing that regardless of what's happening around me, assurance I have is that I am covered, that I am protected. So when 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 Peter, when Paul is saying and the peace of God which surpass all understanding, it is the realization that it doesn't make sense to me really why I'm smiling, why I'm laughing, why I'm joyous. I because I know what I'm going through, I know what I'm experiencing, I know what the report declares. But 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 because I also know that God is greater than, because I know that God has the ability to do, because I know that God is not intimidated by what I'm experiencing. I'm just, I'm just, I'm riding along. I'm fully aware, but I'm not intimidated by it because I know at the right time, God is going to handle that. And so peace comes when you have allowed yourself to fully rest in the, the arms and the protection and the assurance of God. Once you surrender yourself over to God and allow God to have his way, guess what happened? I see it, but I'm not threatened by it. I see it, I'm not threatened by it. I see it. But, but but I'm not going to be distracted by it because at some point I know God's going to work this out. Old Testament talks about how Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were given the same um, instruction by the herald that when you hear the, the trumpet sound, you shall bow down to King Nebuchadnezzar. Those three men made a conscious decision not to bow down to the point where the king was very upset, turned the fire up seven times hotter. We're going at it. We're going at it hard. The fire was so hot that the men who were charged with throwing the men into the fire Died because of the sparks that hit them. But the words that were uttered by Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were these words King, we will never bow to you because we believe that God will protect us. And even if God doesn't do it, we're still not going to bow to you. These guys made up in their mind that we will face whatever comes because we are assured who our father is. And they got thrown in the fiery furnace, as you know. And the Bible declares that the king almost put a chair down looking into the fire. And as he looked in there, he started seeing a fourth image looking like the son of man. And he began to inquire with people saying, Let we put in four? let we put in three? Why do I see four? What, what you have to understand is these men understood this, that, that I can face whatever the king threatens me with or throws at me because, because I don't serve him. I'm not threatened by him. Peace Enables me to understand that God has this matter under control. It's do different from a sports situation, if we may. We, I mentioned how I'm a I'm a Los Angeles fan. I'm a USC Trojan fan. I'm a Laker fan. I'm a Dodger fan. I even say I'm a Los Angeles and King fan in hockey. I don't watch hockey that much, but but I'm a fan of Los Angeles teams. I love Los Angeles teams. I'm a supporter of Los Angeles teams. But let's use this most recent NBA playoffs, NBA finals. If you recall. And the finals, the the, the Suns were up 2-0. And everything seemed like they were going to win the finals with ease. We were all cheering for Chris Paul to finally get his ring. They interviewed Giannis after game two. And Giannis kind of uttered now paraphrase. He uttered he uttered words that basically said, I'm un, I'm not worried. We've been here before. If you remember the previous series, they had been down 0-2. Almost in each round, they had been down 0-2. And he said, uh, I, we've been through this before. I still have the confidence in my teammates when they questioned him about drew holiday, he said, um, I, I believe drew's going to snap out of it. He's going to be okay. If you, if you watch the finals, you understand that, that Milwaukee then went on to win four straight games and they won the championship. Honestly, the first team to ever go down 0-2 like that, and then win four straight games to win the finals. Now, we watched the finals. We watched game by game by game by game. Giannis' game, when the whole series was crazy how he played, you have to go back to that press conference. They're down 0-2. Every commentator is writing about a sweep, about how embarrassing it is. Giannis has no help in Milwaukee. And the star of the team says, I'm unbothered. I'm unworried. I know my guys. Those same guys who were playing slumpishly in games one and two went off in the remainder of the game and they won the finals. they won the championship right they celebrated right they had a great parade all that and it was great to watch Giannis celebrate watch him cry he hug his family and things of that nature but i go back to the press conference here is why because Giannis had peace that that they were that his guys were going to perform and here is why because this wasn't the first time they had been down O2. It wasn't the first time they had faced obstacles as a team. It wasn't the first time they had been written off during the season. It wasn't the first time that, that he had to up his game. Because of the history that he had as a player and as a teammate of these guys, he knew that I still want to ride with these guys in the trenches, and eventually I know these guys are going to step up. I would press even further. If you even research Giannis's life and what he went through in Greece When his dad died, no having very limited resources, he was built for this. He was built for this. So what we deem to be challenges and obstacles, Giannis was built for this. And I'm saying to you that here's how how awesome peace is. Peace is so awesome that God has pre-equipped you for the things that you're currently facing and going through. He's already giving you what you need. So as a result, what other people may buckle under the pressure, you're riding calmly with peace because God has already equipped you for this. He had already given you what you were going to need in this season that you are in. So when Paul says, and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding, it doesn't make sense. I even have a hard time explaining to people why I'm so joyous, why I'm so peaceful but I'm grateful to have it. Then it says it shall guard your hearts and your mind. And let me say this before I pass it back to coach. One thing about peace that I want everybody to receive tonight is it only does, is it, does it, is it hard to really understand it, is that it's also a protector. And listen, part of the protection that peace gives you is that peace will also remind you to protect your surroundings, right? Well, my, my wife and I are blessed to have two awesome children, a 15-year-old son, 11-year-old daughter. When my wife was pregnant with my son, the doctor had her on very restrictive um, um, treatment and behavior. She couldn't do certain things. She couldn't go certain places. She couldn't eat certain things. She had to guard where she went. Everywhere she went, the doctor told her, be careful, be on guard, be watchful, be careful of your environment, of your surroundings, so on and so forth. I began to become a protector of my wife to the point where I would say, we can't go there right now. We can't do this right now. You can't have there right now because I was trying to follow the order of which the doctor had given her. Now, we're first time parents. First time my wife being pregnant, we're following the doctor's order, trusting that his foreknowledge and that his intellect in this area will guard us if we follow the instructions. And so we did. It was very strenuous. Sometimes it was, it was not fun. But here's what was awesome that happened. My wife delivered a very healthy son, a very healthy son, because we did not deviate from the instructions we received from a more intelligent person in this area. You may have gotten, and let me give it to you. You have to understand that God has laid out principles and God has afforded us uh, um, the instructions by way of his word that will, that will guard our hearts and our minds. And so for those of us who are saying, I hear what you're saying, but I'm just not at a peaceful place in my life. I would raise a question to you, what are you doing or what are you allowing to happen around you? That's becoming a distraction and almost an anchor that's pulling you down because the peace of God guards you the peace of God protects you. And if you're not experiencing the promise that God made for you in the area of peace, then I would ask you to really reassess who's around you and what's around you because you should not be carrying the weight and the pressure and the drama of somebody else that's affecting you. Remember how I opened up now, peace of mind is bliss. And I'm telling you, once you really receive and be a benefactor of that peace, You refuse to compromise that peace for anything or anyone. Now, I've been through a lot in my life. I'm still a young man, but I've experienced a lot of ups and downs, trials and tribulations. And and so I know what it is to go through the torture and the tragedy um, and, and the struggles of life. But I also know what it means to be able to look back over your life, see what God brought you and be at peace about that because you know that God remained faithful in that regard. And so we look at peace being part of the fruit of the spirit. If you know anything about that that chapter in Galatians, is that there are seventeen plus um, things that are laid out in there in the arena of wickedness, and there's only nine components of the fruit. I lay it out this way: the fruit of the spirit basically is almost looking like open up an apple, and there are nine seeds inside of it. So it's not one item make up the fruit; all of these nine make up, and peace is one of those. And my point I'll say to you is you can have everything else of, of the other laid out of fruit of spirit, but peace enables you to operate in the realm God wants you to be in. So whether you are a coach on here, whether you are a parent on here, whether you are a student on here, whether you are um, just, just under, under overwhelmed by life, let me say this to you. What God will do is God will give you peace before he even changes what you've been praying about. Think about that now. You've been praying for God to give you a breakthrough, for God to change your circumstances. And before God changes those circumstances, what God will do is God will give you peace that while you're in the midst of what you are going through, you begin to see things the way he sees things. And that's really what peace is. Peace is is God enabling me to see my storm through his lens. And when that happens, guess what happens? I find myself like really calm, relaxed, almost laughing because I realized I have the victory in this. A victory is. I want to close with this with this, this this quick story, and then I'm gonna give it back to you, Coach. My son and I were watching um, um, a, a basketball game um, a, a, while, a while back. A game that was on NBA TV. We were watching it one time, and 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 my son came out in the family room. I had already been watching. He started watching it with me. He got really into the game, and and he was getting right up about the game, and he was pointing. Come on, Come on, come on, come on, come on. And I was sitting there calm. And my son, at the as the game was progressing, realized that I really wasn't animated like he was in, in watching the game, right? What my son didn't see on the TV is that in the upper right corner, it, it had these words, previously recorded, previously recorded. So what we were watching wasn't a live game. It was a rebroadcast of a previous game. He didn't see those words. I did. And go a little bit further. Not only did I see those words, I'd already seen the game. So I knew what the outcome was gonna be. So while my son was was actively live watching this game, he was watching a game that had already taken place. And so because I'd already seen the game, I was calm because I knew how the story was going to end. I knew who was going to win, knew how they were going to win. And so my son didn't know that. So while he got animated, I was laughing. As the game got to the fourth quarter, got late in the game, it got really, really good. My son, like yelling at the TV, he's upset. He walked out the room, came back in the room. I never changed my posture. I never changed the way I was moving. I never changed what I was doing or how I was doing it. And here's why I didn't, because I knew the outcome. Eventually my son learned what I already knew. I, he learned who was gonna win, how they were gonna win, how much they were gonna win by, I already knew that. And so my demeanor was peaceful. My son's demeanor was emotional and chaotic. Let me bring it in to you. When you have the peace of God, the peace of God enables you to operate at a calm level because you know, no matter what it looks like right now, the end of this matter is I have the victory. End of the matter is I already won. End of the matter is God will get the glory. And so coach, parent, student, child, whatever it may be, let me say this to you. If you are a child of God, if you believe in the awesomeness of God, the victory is already yours. As he told King Jehoshaphat, you got to just come to the, to the ground. You got to stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. It's already yours. My son my son learned what I already knew. And you must know what God already knows, which is you already have the victory. And so that's where peace is. Peace is when you fully accept the fact is, regardless of what's going on, I already won. Coach?
0: you're not about to like slide it back to me <laughs> like lay out all types of fire like you're just not about to slide the mic back to me like here let me put the assist back on you Man, that's powerful there's so many things that I could even jump into on that and as I was sitting here I told you it's, it's always hard to be an active participant but also a listener but you know it's those people that you know that's going to truly give you the good teaching of the word and peace is so you said it best like it's It's so relevant right now. Mm -hmm. You turn on the news, Mm -hmm. a place like now where I'm like, I wanna watch the news to be informed, but I also guard my heart and my mind, like the word says, not so much in there because there is so much going on in the world, right? You know, it's so crazy because at the same time, too, and of course, when I schedule it, I don't know and think about other things, but you know, I go back to work tomorrow with the kids. And we're currently our school board meeting here in Tallahassee is going on, right? right. As you mentioned when you opened up, there's left and right, there's mass, no mass, there's all of these different differences. There's parents who are, uh, you know, fearing their child going back to school who may have been virtual the whole last year. There's so many different things. Each, even outside of COVID, right? There's so many things we can sit here and talk about. But that peace, mm-hmm. you think best that peace understanding and this was powerful I'm telling you I I drew marks around it I circled it I started underlined it to make sure I didn't forget it but it's making sure that let me make sure I get it right because you said peace is God's way of showing me my storms he knows them yeah I mean the storm that I currently reside in but through his lens correct. and it's so amazing the correlation you made because I tell people this all the time, I tell my girls this, you know, I coach, you yep. see me play, yep. right? And so I tell them, you know, it's amazing how you'll play. You know how it is with that team, you know, it's not as competitive at night. Correct. Correct. So they come out with a different confidence because they feel more assured mm-hmm. that a win. Yep. But then when we play an opponent, that's a little bit more formidable, they have a little bit of hesitancy. But what happens if we know that in this game, of life where christ is our coach yeah he's our leader yeah. they already told us we win yeah and that's that piece right there recognizing i don't know how he's gonna do it when he's gonna do it his timing but i do know he is gonna do it correct. and i don't want it in any other time
1: correct
0: i think that is so perfect that you put it that way
1: yeah yeah let me say this too i think this is important i say this to our church all the time and i really believe this i tell them that we live life a through Z but God operates Z through A. And what I mean Come by on. that is, is that, is that God has already gone before you and, and worked everything out. He's gone before you and he has orchestrated and ordered our steps. And so God goes before us Z through A. So he goes to the end, works that out and comes back and meet you wherever you are. And then he walks alongside you, which is why God will say, don't do that. Don't say that. Be careful here. Watch that person because he knows if you deviate off of, off of the path, it gets you off court. Like you coach, if you put in a game plan, you've been practicing, they've had good conditioning, you they, they know all the plays. But if, that, if one player goes out there and decides to go against the game plan, that person really throws everything off. If, if the team is deciding that one player wants to make sure their stats look good over the overall victory of the team, it creates situations and issues. Our challenge is because we only see what's in front of us, we respond to what's in front of us. Whereas God sits at a higher vantage point. He sees much further down there. He knows the ending. And so what he's asking us to do is just trust me that the outcome works itself out. I had the honor of watching you play ball going back to middle school. I had the honor of watching you seem like you were having fun with these kids. Like nobody was on your level. And I'm not even over-exaggerating. I had the honor of watching you. My godfather was your coach in middle school. I watched this. But at that point, I also had the honor of watching somebody who was you enjoy the competition, right? Because here is why. Because you had confidence in your abilities, in your training, and your preparation. And what I'm saying to us is, is that when you understand who's equipped you and how God's equipped you for whatever you go through, guess what happens? Regardless of who the competition is, you stick to the game plan because the game plan has been put in place to be able to withstand whatever the competitor brings before you. Go a little bit further. Let me give you let me give you some, some breaking news in case you didn't know it. The breaking news is the devil is defeated. So although he's coming to the gym and he's trying to play you, he's talking a lot of trash and he looks good in his uniform. The fact the matter is, is that you know he's, he's defeated. If he's defeated, then I'm victorious. And so we're just going through the motion of having this game. I have the victory. The problem though, coach, is this. Many people don't realize we have the victory. They don't realize he's defeated. And so we play as if as if we're trying to win versus living as if we've already won. Let's <laughs> just, no, no,
0: no, 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 no. <laughs> You're about to get me round up. Go have my a baby jumping. I was just talking to a friend of mine about this, right? And I have okay. to be mindful when I speak because I could talk to you all day long in basketball or sport, any sport terminology, yeah. you will feel me, right? So I have to remember that everybody is not going to catch me and feel me in that lane. And I was saying, you have to make sure that you play to win. Yeah. You cannot live this life and go through it playing not to lose and she was like what like (laughs) same thing and I'm like no it's not it's I've been there I've been there when and I had to reel it in to a game that she was at I I said no when we were up by seven eight points with two minutes left and our girls completely stopped listening they stopped doing what got us that lead in the last seconds and then started trying to stall the ball right stall the ball they started turning it over and fumbling they stopped penetrating the lane and started shooting threes and we didn't need that and so in trying to buy time and stall and play it safe instead of playing to win we lost the game and I think that was so huge and what you're saying right now is that one we gotta know who's equipping us yeah I tell my girls all the time like and you know this to be true, the reason why I felt so confident in playing, even in middle school and all the way up, because your godfather was my coach. Yeah. I was secure because he knew, and I knew he knew what he was doing. Yeah. I knew that he prepared me. I knew that he wrote the game plan. Yeah. I followed the game plan. If I read the playbook and I followed his leadership, I knew and could be secured that when I stepped on the floor, when yeah. I in the battlefield that i yeah. was for battle because of mine because he equipped me yep. and i think it's best what you just said that we don't know we already have the victory because here's the biggest piece we don't understand who gave us the victory there you go i'll spend time with who gave us the victory right so if you don't know him you can't trust him and if you don't trust him that piece that that person right there only yep. comes from him that's i right. think it's huge
1: <laughs> that's so true that's absolutely so true. I want to I want to say this to everybody who's listening and I think this is so important. Um I'm I so I wear this Apple Watch, right? You know, the Apple Watch sits on your wrist and it kind of can gauge um your 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 life and your emotion and things of that nature. Um years ago I had the opportunity to be in negotiations to purchase a brand new car and you know and, and it wasn't that we couldn't afford it. It was just a big deal, right? And I usually don't buckle under pressure, but this one I was really overthinking everything. Um, And as we're sitting there in these negotiations, my wrist begins to buzz. And I look down and the Apple Watch says this. It says, breathe. And at the right time, it says, breathe. And I'm like, what? And I showed it to my wife. And my wife starts laughing because she was really trying to get me to calm down. In this, she had never seen me this riled up, overthinking things and things of that nature. And it said, breathe. I say that to us because a lot of times what happens is, we become so emotionally distraught about what's going on that our breathing becomes affected. I'm giving you a word tonight of breathe because, because when you breathe, here's what happens. You remain in control of your faculties. You remain in control of, of the realization that this is, this is gonna work itself out. This is not the first time you've been through anything. It's absolutely not. And therefore, you're going to get through this. You can look at the most recent Olympics. When when our U.S. men's team lost that game, everybody wrote them off. They don't have no leader. KD not leading this team right. They were getting drugged. They were getting absolutely drugged. It had been years since they had ever lost a game. All of a sudden, they lost, and they're going to win the gold this year, all of that. Well, we know just this past weekend, Friday night, they won the gold. Right. They want to go the same Katie. They wrote off was the one who led them to victory. Other guys contributed. But what's, what's important for you to know about that, bring that analogy is this reason. It's because there's going to always be a surplus of people who want to write and commentate about the game you didn't play good in. They want to write and commentate about how you messed up and how you should be doing more, what you're not doing. There's always going to be people on the outside writing about your game. And most times it's people who have never really been in the fire it's just right about the fire. The thing that you're learn about KD is that KD becomes so used to being ridiculed and being criticized to where he literally deafens his ears to what's going on. And I'm saying to those who are listening that you have to allow God to work on you to the point where even when the naysayers are speaking negativity, although you are aware they're doing it, it does not detour you from where you're trying to get through. I remember going, when I played ball, Coach, when you played ball, you remember going into your rival's hostile gymnasium. For me, for a real gamer, you actually enjoy that. You enjoy the pleasure of going to your rival's gym and beating them on their for own sure. home court in front of their home crowd. You want that privilege. You want those friends that go from taunting you at the free throw line to completely silent. Remember in the, in the, in the playoffs, now remember what happened with, with, with Trey Young. Ice Trey, he said to Knicks it's quiet in here. Come right? on here, you, you want that. Yeah. You want that. Beca- Here's why. Because regardless of, of the arena, regardless of the crowds chanting, I know what I bring to the game. And most importantly, I know what I've been equipped to be able to do. And, so, and that's what peace is literally. Lord, I'm in the lion's den, says Daniel. And the next morning, wake up King Darius. Guess what? I'm laying on the lions and I'm unbothered. You know why? Because God shut their mouth. Yeah, I understand I'm in here with lions. They can kill me. But my faith is so strong in God that although I see the lions and I'm in their domain, they can't do anything to me. And and once we fully grasp the the power of God, and coach, I will say this to you, and I really believe that one of our greatest challenges is that we have lost the zeal and really the, the assurance of the awesomeness of God. Pastor Walker used to always say this. You know, much prayer, much power, little prayer, little power, no prayer, no power. We pray to God as we see God. So sometimes people, people see God so small. So as a result is, when they go through the day and say, well, God, if you can, you know, God, do you see me? Peter said, he said, Lord, if that's you on the water, bid me to come. The Lord said, come. Peter began to walk. Yeah, we know Peter got distracted. He began to go down. But I'm going to defend Peter tonight by saying this. there were, There were 24 feet in the boat. When Peter stepped down, there were 22 feet in the boat. Peter walking on the water, walking toward Jesus on the word, come, right? So there's a 22 feet, meaning 11 disciples remained behind. Peter had enough faith in the one that said, come, that he began to walk toward him versus staying in a place of safety. My point to you, there's going to always be a surplus of people who are going to stay in comfort because they can control comfort. And yet while Peter got distracted by the bolsterish storm, I commend Peter because Peter had enough faith to say, you know what? I'm going to the one that said, come. And here's the thing if you to go a little further, look at that scripture. Although Peter began to go down, he was close enough to Jesus that when he began to go down, Christ just reached down and pulled him back up. So that tells you that Peter hadn't gotten distracted. He actually was right there in front of him. So now imagine being the 11 who didn't step out. You're watching this from the boat. Remember now, the storm never, never ceased. So the same storm that Peter is walking on, they're actually being being attacked by my point to you is if you look around the naysayers will always outnumber the encouragers but the peace you have is knowing that at the end of the day I have the victory over this situation and it's important for us to know my last sports analogy and I always think about that I always find this interesting when the Lakers won the championship last year in the bubble Giannis younger one of his younger brothers was on, was on the Lakers team Right. He didn't play many minutes, if at all, during during the playoffs, especially not in the finals. But guess what he received? He received a ring. You know why? Because his name was on the roster. Right. Come so when on. he got back to Greece in that summer, he had a ring and had a trophy that his brother, who's a superstar, didn't have at the moment. Here is why. Because he's on the team that won the championship. Whether you play a lot of minutes or no minutes at all, he's on, he was on the roster. Therefore, he qualified to get a ring. So in NBA history, he will go down as an NBA champion, probably averaging less than one point a game. Now, why is that important? Because when you realize I'm on the team, I'm on the winning team, even if you don't know my name, it doesn't even matter to me because at the end of the day, I reap the same reward of everybody else on that team. When you are on God's team, you you reap the victory that has been bestowed upon that team. So guess what? I'm not fighting you. I'm not trying to convince you. I'm not trying to appease you. I'm not trying to persuade you. I know whose I am and I know what I have. And once you come to that realization, your walk is different, your talk is different, and you're more confident. I'm not conceited. I'm not arrogant. But the Bible says in 1 John 5, 14, this is the confidence that we have. You ask anything in his name, according to his will, he hears you. I'm not, I'm not cocky. I'm confident because I know who God is and I know how, how God sees me. And so I refuse to allow negativity to become the loudest voice around me. I refuse to let this happen. Yes. As you were coaching your players here, you hear them chanting. You hear them rocking the bleachers. You hear them yelling at you. You hear that. All right. Now use that as momentum. Use that against them work hard as a team to shut up the noise. And one of the greatest joys is being able to go to the free throw line and they're saying nothing, right? My last thing about sports, and I I love this. If you ever go to a sports game and let's say your team is losing, your cheerleaders are trained to cheer even if you're losing. They're trained to keep the same momentum, the same vision, the same goal, the same momentum, the same excitement, even when you're losing. Their cheers don't change They have to cheer the same way. They're cheering toward victory. Even though the scoreboard says you're losing, here is why. Because they're trained that way, right? They're trained to keep the crowd in the game, keep the momentum going. And I'm saying that to you is that God has surrounded you by a great crowd of witnesses who are cheering you on. You have the victory. And when you realize you have the victory, the peace that God gives you become that much more in your life to the point where no matter what they say. I'm good because I know how this is going to end up. Yeah, they're laughing now. They're ridiculing me now. Okay, that's cool. But at the end of the day, guess what? Look at the scoreboard when the game's over. We won. We win. We're the champs. We're good to go. And that's the awesomeness of it all is that, is that the enemy thought he won because he cheered and, and danced. It was only halftime. He thought halftime was the end of the game. It was just halftime. It's four quarters in the basketball game, not two. You could celebrate. You could dance and shout. It's halftime. And halftime we look at the game plan again. The coach gets on our cases, remind us what we're not doing right. Come out that third quarter, different mindset, different vision, different game plan. We go back to the basics and we win the game because they spent too much time celebrating at halftime. All we did is we re-strategized. And I'm saying this, most people, here's what you need to do. You need to treat what you're going through as a halftime. A breather, go in the locker room, let let talk to God, let Him reassess you, re-prepare you, and then come back out and realize, listen, this game ain't over. The game ain't over, but 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 I am victorious. I came to the gymnasium with the victory. I'm in a game with the victory, and I end the game with the victory because I know who I am. That's really how it is. Y'all done got me fired up now, boy. Look, <laughs> you you telling me?
0: More than ever, ministries need an easy way to track and do all the things. Whether it's online giving, texting your people, tracking your funds, scheduling volunteers, building a website, and a million other things. ChurchTrack is one church management software that does all the things your ministry needs. It's simple to use, has powerful features, and it's the most affordable over 10,000 ministries across the world trust ChurchTrack. Are you using another church software? ChurchTrack makes it really easy to switch and move over your data. They don't have any setup fees, and you can have them import your data for free, even on your trial. Start your free 30-day trial of ChurchTrack and see why so many other ministries have already made the switch. Go to ChurchTrack.com or just click the link in the show notes. Church Track, your all-in-one church management software. You're telling me because, and, and that's just so real, like to even to the place where my individuals who don't love sports, yeah, like I love sports, like you love sports. And many of us do. There's no way you don't tap into that analogy because yeah. we like we've, yeah been there even if you're a spectator even if you don't like sports you're watching on the finals and the championship nights and we've seen it we've seen it numerous times where teams are up by a large margin Mm -hmm. that's March Madness I feel Mm -hmm. Madness is the greatest analogy of how life works wow enemy thinks they've won and we've seen games where even in a split second even with no time left on the clock where we feel like there's nothing else we can do. And then what happens? A buzzer breeder happens. And I feel victorious. Yeah. And I'm paying attention to that. But I love how you said, we have to make sure that when we are enduring things, we have to treat it like halftime. Yeah. And I'm gonna tell you, you know, I'm as sweet as they come, but sometimes halftime as a coach, that sweetness is not what's necessary. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. do have to revisit yeah. some things, yeah. but sometimes you also have to shake it up halftime on that players end doesn't feel good yeah. time on that players end, my players will tell you sometimes that locker room get a little heated but what it does is in the midst of that halftime moment even though it gets heated even though it may get a little storm shaking in there depending on the day when they come out of that locker room it's made them better yes. and you think of that how those storms of life as you said we don't want the storm right? We don't want to be in it. We don't want to endure the storm. But one of the things I've learned is the storm makes us better. better. Looking at these pictures of the pandemic, I'm also a scientist by trade and just watching how within the last year and some change with us having to be shut down and in home, what it's done to reset the environment, right? And so we're home and we're sitting in our rooms and we're shut down, locked down, however they wanted to say it. But in the other side of the perspective, new life began to grow, transform, yeah. birth, renew, yeah. be made new in yeah. that time. Yeah. And that's how I view that analogy that you just said about that halftime when we're going through the storms of life. Yeah. Or when we are just in the trenches and it seems like nothing is going right, that's the reset.
1: Yeah.
0: Power back up. Yeah. And golden, my brother. That was golden. I like, old.
1: That. I like yeah. that. I like that. I like that. that. Was
0: a, Look, I just took your assist. That's it. I just I just try to finish.
1: You know, you give me a good pass, I gotta yeah. finish. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I want to I, wanna, now, I go, go. encourage, if I may, I want to encourage because you write about it. everybody that's not a lover of sports. I I do want to encourage that person who's a leader and you're leading people who seem to be very difficult. They just don't want to to trust the leadership, right? You know, they just they just they feel like they they have it, they know what they're doing, they want to continue to buck against the system, and it's overwhelming. And you feel like you're herding cats let me let me teach you from a leader to a leader let me say this to you you never heard or read that jesus herded cats he always led sheep and why is that important Come because you, you, you can you no, no person who try to herd cats ever win because that means you're behind them trying to bring them in leadership really is me putting myself in the forefront when i'm leading sheep you don't think about sheep sheep are known as the dumbest animal they're, they're they're not that dumb that they they can actually discern and recognize the voice of their shepherd to the point where shepherds have said they could put their sheep in the sheepfold with other with somebody else's sheep they can come to the, the opening the door and call for their sheep and only their sheep will stand up and come out because they know the voice of their shepherd. Why is that important to that to that leader who's on here tonight with whatever vocation you're in let me say this to you ask God to change the way you're seeing the people that you are leading change the the lens that you are using and here's why that's important because if you look at the people you're leading as as untrained undisciplined cats it's going to wear you out look at them as sheep all sheep are different right but the one thing that is a book out called the way of the shepherd that i was strongly endorsed but the way the shepherd the shepherd says in that book he said that every day a real shepherd goes out every day to his sheepfold and he spends Individual in, intimate time with each one of his sheep, assessing their fleece, looking at them, putting oil on their face. The oil is important because because sheep can't lift their hands. The oil it, it protects them from bugs and gnats and fleas sticking to them, which will later create infection. So the oil is put on their face so that it, it, they can't stick to them. But also what the shepherd says is that if one of the sheep gets an infection in that sheepfold, it will spread like wildfire. So it's the shepherd's instructions and design to make sure that every day they individually and intimately assess every one of their sheep. So you leader who's listening, it's important for you So that you trying to It's before you try to lead the full fold, make sure that you are fully aware of each of the individuals God's entrusting to you. And here is why. Because just maybe there's one person in that sheepfold that that day, that week, that month, that year, they're going through overwhelmingly dire situations in life. And so they don't know how to verbalize what they're going through. So they begin to act it out in their conduct. And guess what's happening? Their influence is impacting other individuals. I'm telling you, when you look at them through the lens of a shepherd and sheep, you then realize your responsibility is to make sure that you you check on them and lead them. And guess what happens? When they realize that you really care about them and not just the outcome, they will eventually fall in line. Is it easy? It's not. Put it in our situation. Christ is our shepherd. We're sheep. Imagine how we are. We know that Christ knows what he's doing. And we still at times buck against his, his leadership and his guiding because we want to do it our own way right? We're going to do it our way because we know what we're doing. We know how to do it. But then what happens? We wander off course and we're asking, Lord, come get me, help me out, save me. You get me out of this. I'll never do it again. He gets you out. You do it again. We're no different than the people that we are leading. And I'm telling you, before you give up on them, before you write them off, before you talk bad about them, remember these words that I'm giving you. Ask God to help you see the people you are leading differently, whether you are a teacher and these are students, whether you are a business owner, these are your employees, whether you are a parent and this is your child, whether this is your coach and these are your players, whatever it may be, help me to see things differently because I've allowed what I want to see versus what I need to be seeing to control and to dictate me. That's important. And then the B clause of that is, is be careful of who you divulge your 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 pain to right there's a 3p's I, th- I teach every leader 3p's there is the there is the pattern there's the partners and there are the pupils pattern partners pupils every leader ought to have a part ought to have a pattern a pattern is like your mentor they have done or they are doing what you aspire to do so therefore when you talk to that person they they they're investing in you They're they're challenging you. They're pulling you. They're pushing you. They're propelling you. It may be one call a week, a month, a year, but but it's so much fruit being born in that conversation. You fired up. Then you have your partners. The partners are people on your same level. These are your colleagues. You can confide in that 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 iron sharpening iron. Then you have your pupil. The pupil are people that you have been blessed to be able to mentor. Right? People who call you their mentor. If you're a coach, these are your players. You're a teacher. These are your students. Now hear me now. You never want to bleed down you got to bleed up now why is that important because your pupils can't handle you bleeding they can't handle you buckling you're their model so they can't handle their model folding so you have to be careful how you display as a coach for example your coach your players can't handle their coach looking worried in a tight game they can't handle you buckling under pressure. They're looking at you for the confidence. You were forementioned, Coach, because you were playing for, for Pop Whitfield. You knew he knew what he was doing. You 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 gleaned from that and you pull strength from that that gave you the confidence. Teacher, when you're up at that board and you're teaching, that student is hoping you know what you're doing, right? Parent, so on and so forth. And I'm saying to you, it's important for you to have people in their right categories in their life. If you don't, guess what also happens is that they'll create confusion and therefore rob you of your peace. Another assist for you.
0: Y'all see how he drops that. Right. And then just like fades out like he didn't say nothing. Like that's the part. You drop all that heat and then it's like, all right. I don't pass it to you, right? You sat over here. You, you done did an in and out crossover, all right? Broke boy ankles. Then you passed it
1: off, like you finish the play.
0: Round with that, finish it up, right? And so, but I think it's amazing, I, and I think that even in that, the finish, you went ahead and took that all the way to the hoop with that because it is right on time, no matter the facet that we find ourselves in, right? And you see, you're saying some things that I've never even heard, like even if people remain. And I love that, especially the portion where having that pattern, the mentor, Mm -hmm. a lot of times we want to jump. And I was saying that to Pastor Cray last night when he talked about kindness and identifying the eye and kindness is identifying. We have to have have Christ identify us, our roles. So often we can't humble ourselves enough to find a mentor, right? Because we think we have it, right? We're so busy trying to chase, you know, that leader or where we aspire to be without humbling ourselves enough to allow somebody that's been there before, yep. right? Who's bled, right? Who scars and wounds to be able to take us by the hand. And I think that is huge. When we talk about that, there's a piece in knowing, like you said, with mm-hmm. daddy Winfield, there was a piece even now, right? There, there's a piece in knowing that when I coach, he's coached. in some of the biggest games throughout my career, him and the diva, Miss Rhoda, have sat behind me and there's a security. Yeah, he's not saying anything to me. Yeah. Like I'm one of those people, but it's a security because you were my you were my pattern.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I watched you. Wow. I watched situations. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I, I watched you. And so as your player watching you navigate that, just your presence. Yeah. Pattern, I'm in a high power situation and it helps me be reflective that I remember what happened in that moment. And it gives you a sense of security. It also bridges the gap to this. As we start to close, it also gave me peace, right? Because yeah. it goes back to what you were saying. I knew my father.
1: Yeah.
0: I knew him. Yeah. A little girl, I knew him. I knew he had the knowledge. I knew he protected through everything. Yeah. I knew that he would lead. And I knew anytime I called, he was there.
1: Yeah yeah and
0: so because I knew that just simply his presence,
1: yeah,
0: in the gym, yeah, and some of the hardest pressure situations gave me peace, yeah, if we recognize who our father is,
1: yeah, that's good.
0: You can feel his presence, he don't have to say nothing, yeah, he didn't have to say, Hey, I'm here, he does not yeah. have to bring himself, announce himself in the room, yeah, I know my father, I know when he's there. And it gives me the peace. It gives me the reassurance that I can make it through this storm, this victory, this battle. Why? Because I tried them.
1: Yeah.
0: Witnessed what happened. We've yeah. all seen that. What do babies do and little people do when somebody maybe reaches for them? Mm mm-hmm. Back into the parent or whoever's yeah. right there. That's yeah. what they do. Yeah. Because it's a sense of security. Yep. I have peace because I'm back into my daddy's arms. Yeah. There you go. Father. Yep. He's our daddy. Yeah. We just have to make sure that we know who we're leaning on.
1: Yeah.
0: I won't lean if yeah. I don't. Know secure. Yeah. And I don't know he's secure if I don't build that relationship.
1: There it is. With him. There it is. I want rather close. I want to close by, by giving you a real story. And it's be real quick. So my daughter is the youngest of our two children. Um, and one night, you know, it's dark in the house. We're all asleep. And um, my daughter had a bad dream. And from her room, she screams across the house, daddy. And um, mm-hmm. I didn't jump out of the bed. She kept saying, daddy, daddy. And I just responded from my room out of my bed and said, are you okay, Pooh? And, and she heard my voice. And she said, yes, sir. And I said, okay. I said, well, go back to sleep. It's going to be okay. And just that simple reassurance, just her hearing her father's voice, my daughter went back to sleep. The next morning when she woke up, we talked about it. But I bring you that to you because that the, the darkness in the house was not eliminated. I didn't turn no light, so I didn't go in her room. My voice gave my daughter a calmness. Gave her a calmness that it was okay. And here is why: because my daughter had been through matters with her father, where I had proven that I was going to protect her regardless. And so she didn't call for her mom, whom she's very close with, call for her daddy because. Her daddy had always responded before. And so she was still in the dark house. She was still in her room. I was in my room. She didn't see me. She didn't feel me. She didn't touch me. But the but my voice brought a calm and a reassurance and she went back to sleep. Why am I giving that to you? Because so in the natural, so shall it be in the spiritual. If my daughter can get peace in her father's voice, how much more should we get peace when our father... Has proven the Bible says in the book of Psalms that He's a very present help in the time of trouble. So, regardless of what you are dealing with, it, listen, God may not respond on your timetable, right? But here's what I told the people yesterday at church in your dark places, even when you can't trace God, you can still trust God. I don't know where God is, I don't know what God is doing, but God will always give you a flash, a glimmer, a reassurance, a reminder of something in your past, to let you know. I haven't left. I am still there. And as you mature, guess what? God doesn't respond instantly every time. As you grow up, he may get slower in his responding. But here's why it gets slower. Because every teacher who gives an t- exam to their students, right, the teacher w- does not talk during a test. They sit there very calmly looking at reading the paper, reading, reading, whatever it be. And here's why. Because that teacher knows I have properly equipped my students for this exam. I can't help you on the exam, but I'm confident in what I gave you. If you study my materials, if you hold fast to the notes you took, guess what? You'll make it through this exam. They sit there confidently. They look around the room. They're assured. Is a teacher there? Yes. Do they see you? Yes. They're not talking, but they're present. And I'm saying that to us tonight. You may not hear God speaking the moment you want to hear God speak, but God has so equipped you for this that guess what? God is doing. God is saying, I already prepared you for this. I'm the teacher. You're the student. The blessing is y'all is that every test we go through is open book. We can always pull out the manual and find the answer to the open book. And so I'm closing simply this way to every leader on here, every teacher, every coach, every parent, every business owner, every person, let me say this to you. The peace of God is bestowed upon you. Now protect your environment, protect your mental, but most importantly, remain connected because that peace is a flow. And you will, you, will, you will not really enjoy or benefit from that peace if you disconnect yourself from the source that provides that peace. It's simply as that, be, be careful of who's around you, who you allow to be around you and who you divulge information with. And when you do that, you realize that everybody can't go to your next with you, right? And so some people gotta fall off in, in the going upward, but that peace that God gives you is not temporary. Regardless of what you go through, the peace of God, does not does not fluctuate it remains upon you it's bestowed upon you the same way god smears the oil upon you so does that peace come because that peace come in relationship always know that
0: there you go again (laughs) y'all but you know it's crazy because i'm telling you we would like we legit would be like the best two-on-two right now i'm telling these assists are fired i'm gonna say these two things one going back to your daughter right and much like you said she calls out to you because she's heard your voice before and we know what the words is as pastor would say somewhere old van john (laughs) (laughs) but it does and it tells my sheep yeah hear my voice
1: yeah and
0: i know them and what happens they follow me they follow they follow i mean that was golden yeah. And then that other portion where you talked about peace not being temporary and it's a flow, right? And we have to stay connected, right? I think about when I have my Bluetooth in my ear often, so that way I don't have to be connected to my phone or Wi-Fi, right? We're connected. But the further we get away from the source, there's a disconnect. Y'all know what starts happening with that Bluetooth or that phone. It starts getting real etchy and sketchy and going in and going out. Come on. come get too far from the source, it completely disconnects. But here's the thing that we must understand much like when you said the teacher is most quiet during the test, I can attest, I am the teacher. That is what I do. I tell them, don't ask me questions during the test. I've prepared you. Now it's time for me to see. There it is. You. right but what happens is when that teacher is quiet during the test when christ is quiet during the test instead of drawing nearer and staying within the flow we move away Mm. just like that bluetooth when i move away from my phone and Mm. i i try to stretch out the distance we move away from him and then we come become disconnected from him and then we say i don't hear him he's not there why isn't he answering me yeah we have to make sure that just like you said, we could, we stay connected, right? That's the time that we stay connected in the midst of the storm. Or as you put it, halftime. Halftime. You're the man. <laughs> You're the, drop all mic. I'm not going to drop it because I need it. But I mean, drop the whole yeah. mic. Yeah, yeah. That was powerful. Like, for real, Derek. Like, I feel like more than anything, and I tell people this all the time, it it truly is a God thing. You know, I, so don't get it twisted. Yeah, my little caricature is back there but it's not me and when when we're able to have these conversations when God is truly in the midst in these conversations it really widens the scope no matter what you lead who you lead whatever facet you find yourself in these are the very things that Christ is trying to to get us to understand and so I appreciate you so much just for your message tonight I know I've been blessed by it amen you got my little boo jumping in here, <laughs> Her up right now. She's gonna be so churchy after all, y'all. I just really do appreciate you because there's so many other things that you could be doing, um, but you allowed him to use you, and I thank you so much for that.
1: It's my absolute honor, sis. You know that anytime, anytime, <laughs> seriously, anytime. I I love me some you. Seriously, I'm very that I do know. You, It's my honor.
0: That I do know, and I love you back. Now there are two things that I got to do. Right, okay. Listen to the podcast. Right. All our frequent viewers know there are two things I got to do before I enshrine you in. OK.
1: You know,
0: they're about to air the Hall of Fame. Well, they air the Hall of Fame Sunday. Right. Hearing the speeches. So we got a little purple and red coat we're going to put on you. But before we do that, there are two questions that I have to ask. Right. Okay. And one of the first things is I tell people all the time we mention the storm. We mention halftime. We mention that we go through things, but we cannot forget who the peace giver is. Yeah. I forget who God is in the midst of those things. so I continuously remind myself by doing my God is devotion. And he's so many things, right? We all talk about knowing our position and our roles, but He is everything. He can be so many things. You don't get to get a whole Rolodex or a couple. You only get one. So if I wrote "God is," and drew a blank, how would servant leader Derek McGee fill that blank? God is what?
1: god is awesome
0: come on here don't make me start singing it
1: that's that's i mean that's really what it is and (laughs) and, you know we don't have time to tell my story i'll just tell you that it all sums it up in that manner god is awesome um and and those are all capital letters in bold font oh for sure god is awesome
0: underlined look i underlined it for you (laughs) for you (laughs)
1: for sure
0: and of course, this is the Servant Leader Coaches Bible Study, where servant leadership, serving like Christ is truly at the core, at the forefront. It's in everything we do. I tell people, we make the mistake of assuming people understand, right? Correct. Correct. They don't know how to serve. We don't have many servant leaders, have they been taught?
1: Who's yeah. Taught? Yeah.
0: Right? So yeah. that the whole mission of this platform is recognizing that whatever facet that we lead in, we recognize what true servant leadership is. Correct. So I'm on a mission to create the longest but truest definition, platform, playbook, right? Whatever you want to call it, to get people to understand what servant leadership looks like. Yeah. So servant leadership, two words, many definitions. But mm-hmm. if I to servant leader Derek McGee, what servant leadership is, what would servant leadership be to you?
1: For me, servant leadership is simply me not just talking about it, but being about it. So yeah. in, in my business ventures, I live by the code of make move, not announcements. what that simply means is don't talk about it, be about it. and so as a servant leader what i'm telling those who follow my leadership is is that um, you're going to see me displaying what i'm asking you to follow. right? is that i'm I, is that i'm 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 going to serve you and i don't think i'm insulted by by that word servant. and so as a servant leader it is is understanding that at the, at the core of all that we do, we are called to be servants. When, when the Lord enshrined us in, since you mentioned the word enshrine, you know, he's going to say servant well done. He don't, he don't call you by any other title, but servant. And so it is it is my understanding that Christ lessened himself to serve and to sacrifice. And so as a servant leader, what I'm saying those who I'm blessed to lead is, is that I'm going to show you in my actions, not just in my conversations, how you go about doing this. As an old Baptist hymn say, to serve the present age, my calling to fulfill. Come on now. Right? Don't you start. <laughs> Come on now. That
0: was my grandpops right there. Now. Yeah. Come on. You, get you, a good,
1: you get you a good deacon who had a line at him. You, you get it, yeah. right? So it's Come what it is. As a servant leader, you understand that that, that you can't run, oh, I, this fell in my spirit, you can't run to leader and ignore the servant.
0: Right, mm, come on. Right?
1: Your leadership becomes more impactful when you embrace the servant part of that leadership. And I think so many times people want the title of leader, leader, leader that we ignore servant, but Christ embraced servant, he lessened himself to be in the role of a servant to serve the people. The miracle he did was in the lens of service, right? And so, if Christ, who's our model, embraced it, why can't we? And there is a blessing when you do it. Right. If you lessen yourself, if you humble yourself, the Bible said he will exalt you in due season. And so that's what it is is me fully embracing the fact that I've been called to serve. And as a result, as I serve, other people will embrace that and they'll eventually serve as well. And so um, you embracing that and you doing that and serving people does not take anything away from you. If anything, it gives more to you.
0: Come on. You ain't trying to get me off here tonight. You're not like you're just not. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, you're just not, but I think that is golden. I always say that, you know, just like the scripture says in Proverbs, it's so easy. Anyone can find the dirt to be the one to find the gold, and that is golden. Mm. It truly, truly is. And I and I think it's amazing. I was saying this to Pastor Cray last night, and I say this often. If we just serve, yeah, he asks us to do, yeah. he'll exalt us. We don't exalting. Yeah. Do we don't, we don't we don't have to do anything, right? Most of us get it twisted. We try to exalt ourselves to the leadership por- portion, forgetting the servant portion. Yeah. But I want to hear that servant well done. Yes. And just stay in that position. Yes. And as you say, you can't run two leader and forget the servant part. Yeah. He exalt us. Yeah. My brother, that's amazing.
1: <laughs> right, so, my honor. My
0: you honor. are awesome. Now I have one more ask of you, of course. Okay. If you could close us out in a prayer this evening. Yes.
1: I'll be be honest. Let's pray together, everybody. Oh Lord, our Lord, Father, how excellent is your name in all the earth. God, what an honor to be able to be a part of this great podcast and this conversation with my dear sister, for us to have Bible study and talk about your awesomeness. Father, I thank you for the vision that you have given Chelsea. God, I I pray that you will continue to enlarge her territory and expand her reach for your glory. Father, I pray for every person who will hear this through the podcast, see this through the zoom on social media, wherever it may be seen or heard God, I pray in the wonderful name of Jesus. Oh God, that you would bestow upon us and remind us of the peace that you have given. Cause there is someone who's listening or watching who is going through real situations and their knees are getting weak and they feel like buckling and throwing in the towel. They're overwhelmed and they hurt tonight and they really want to grasp it, but they're having a hard time, but because you are a concerner of your people, and you are aware of your people, it is my prayer that you would show yourself strong and mighty on their behalf in that matter. We thank you that there is nothing too hard for you. So now, Father, get the glory. Get the glory, get the glory, get the glory. And we promise as your image bearers that we will not rob you of the glory, but that we will exalt your name above measure. We thank you for what you have done what you are doing and what you're going to do, and we seal all of this in the name that has no match, has no competition, and has no threat—the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.
0: Amen. I just feel like I can run on a little further
1: now. <laughs> Be careful how you run now. You know you carry something. I guess I guess. <laughs>
0: little light trot,
1: little light trot. <laughs> there it is. Let's do that.
0: <laughs> My favorite line of the podcast. Servant Leader Derek McGee Sr. You are now a part, officially a part of the Servant Leader
1: family. (laughs) Take it, my sister. Thank you.
0: Yes, for sure. We'll honor you are strengthening these ranks each day. I appreciate you so much just for the man of God that you are, for your consistency and for allowing him to use you and help upbuild this kingdom.
1: My pleasure, sis. Love you dearly.
0: Love you too. We thank you guys for listening and we'll see you all next time.